Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings, it's Hugh and Russ, and uh, Russ is in snowy Denver, and I'm in bright, sunshiny Virginia. We're in the, the central western Virginia, the Appalachian Range. It's the old mountains. They aren't the pointy ones like you got in Denver, but we are yet to have any snow this year or any kind of white stuff or even invisible stuff. I understand you woke up to some drizzle and ice, did you? We did yesterday. Uh, the sun is coming back out right now, but it is a wee bit nippy. It's under 20 degrees. It's kind of well, like I'm having flashbacks to living in northern Maine when 20 degrees was a good day. I can do without that. So we are, um, Russ has been my companion on this show for several years, and we've had really good time um, learning from our great guests. And we're going to go back to um, October of 2019 and talk about moving forward. Uh, our sponsor for this is going to be ourselves, our online community for community builders. Russ, we, uh, we have quite a lot of offerings, and I think throughout the, um, the show today, we'll talk about some of the benefits that we have. And CenterVision offers uh, resources for nonprofit leaders and clergy that um, really don't have budgets to pay for the high consulting fees. So we have lots of free and low cost resources available. <clears throat> the best of which is our online community for community builders. Now, if you look for the nonprofit exchange, you go to the nonprofitexchange.org, it will take you to our online community. It'll be the page for the nonprofit exchange. And um, you can see the blue button that says join. And we're running a, a trial offer right now where you can try it out for a dollar. You get all the benefits of the community, including live Q&A on Thursdays at 3, all times are Eastern that we talk about since that's where our home office is. Uh, so you get this live Q&A with Hugh and team every Thursday. So you're no longer alone. You no longer wonder what to do next. And so let's go back to October, Russ, and talk about some of the episodes. And I always am, am, am impressed with all the things you remember about these, these wonderful people that we've interviewed. But Mark S.A. Smith talked about the skills to, be, to get hired. And, you know, we don't think about that much, do we? Well, we don't always, but Mark, uh, Mark came in and he talked about some items around leadership and four things that we have to keep in mind uh, as leaders. And he's been working with leaders since 1990. And he came in uh, and, well, I think he, he's about 30 years in now at this stage and, and talking about uh, some of the things leaders need to accomplish to get to, to grow and what are some of those skills that you have to cultivate to get hired? Uh, how, do, how do you get promoted, you know? And it's about handling resources and your relationships and handling resources in the best way possible. Good leaders are strategic. And uh, that was a lot of what he covered in that 
As a matter of fact, we, he was on the week after we did our last recap. Yes, and going forward from that, um, I always find Mark has these really good insights about just, just, just about everything. Now, if you go to nonprofitexchange.org, you'll find a place to click and it'll take you to the archive. And it's, it's all of the sessions that we've, we've recorded. At the top, you'll find the, uh, the video. Then you'll find a link for the podcast. You can get it pretty much anywhere that podcasts are available. We have links, uh, hot links on the site um, to Stitcher and iTunes. Um, and so we, we, uh, we have also, um, Kate Limburg transcribes these really good interviews with people. And, and it, so you can read the interview. Um, you can listen to it on your smartphone, even while you're, I like to listen to podcasts when I'm driving places or on a trip because it really makes the trip go a lot faster. And, um, and so Mark has uh, remarkable insights. And so uh, Mark S.A. Smith, there's lots of Smiths in the world and he wants to differentiate himself from the others by using uh, both of his, his initials. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the, the key takeaway with him, he was really, uh, if there were two things that he wanted leaders to take away, the first was, you know, making sure you've got good systems in place. And, and the second big takeaway is that there, there's certain things that leaders should be doing uh, and make sure that you're, you're delegating, you're, you're using your time the best way possible. And those, those things he made very clear. And how do you do that? And, and creating systems uh, will help to make you effective, be strategic and, and uh, uh, Leaders lead. They, they build good leaders and they have other people take things off their plate. So delegation is really something that's really important, working in your strengths and developing your people. We had um, the following week, we had Christian Lefer back. We had Christian a while back on compliance, getting registered with all the different states if you're raising money as a nonprofit. And they had him back because he had such a wealth of resource available, resources available. And um, he has a whole system for helping nonprofits get started. And he specializes in the, the small, um, you, can, you can do a, I don't know what it, it's, you don't file a 990, you file a 990M, and you know more about that, Russell. So he specializes in that. What impressed me is he had lots of documents of, how to set up your board and how to do minutes and all of that stuff. So um, what, what impressed us about Christian is the amount of, of resource that he had available to people. And so it was pretty much a no brainer to, uh, to file for your, your nonprofit. Yeah. He has, he's been doing this for a while and he's probably filed over 3,500 of these applications and growing. The IRS knows them well. Uh, and he has created some, and, and since that first interview, uh, he's actually created and, and streamlined some of those services. And uh, the price points are, are smaller. He's got a system called Instant Nonprofit. So uh, one of the things he recognizes that smaller agencies don't always have the resources to do things right. So the focus of this interview was actually on starting up 
and doing it right. And I, I, you know, I think the key thing that I took away from that is, you know, when you set up a charity, you don't necessarily want to set it up a lot of different times. So, you know, get experts <laughs> to help you set it up and, and walk through that process so that you can focus on your mission. And from that compliance standpoint, there's just certain things that you you have to do. So, I mean, that was a part of what he talked about, some of the, the compliance issues, but just some of the steps that are involved. And it can really be overwhelming, but he has a lot of free educational material on instant nonprofit on the startup. And uh, uh, we believe here at Center Vision that it's important to have the strategy uh, in place so that all of your efforts are funneled into an efficient and effective method uh, of serving people that you want to serve. And, and the best place to, to really come up with that plan is right out of the chute if you can do it. So that's the important thing. And we, we want to have resources here. Uh, while you're new, a lot of people are interested in solving problems on the ground, charging right in and making a difference. But it's important that you are, have the structure and the resources and you bring the right people in so that you can continue to grow. And so he's a good person to know, Kristen LaFer at Instant Nonprofit. And you can find his information in our archive. So these are all available. We've got what now, Hugh? Five, five and a half years of broadcasts uh, in our archive now. And uh, so this is the place to come find them. Some of them are on YouTube, but all of them are here in the community. So that's one of the reasons you want to join. There's a wealth of articles that have come out of Nonprofit Performance 360 magazine that are here. There are blog articles. These are different things for our uh, viewers and other things. We've got upcoming segments on books that nonprofit leaders should read. Uh, we have different webinars. There's a whole lot of exciting content coming to you here in 2020. So you definitely want to join the community. We're making this recording at the beginning. Uh, we're in February, but we're 2020. Um, better vision in 2020, we like to say. So Russ talked about the resources we have available, certainly this podcast, and it's in a written form on the site. Actually, if you download it on iTunes, you've got all the transcript on your iTunes uh, app, your podcast app, but you can watch our episodes on Facebook Live and you can watch them on our site, thenonprofitexchange.org. And don't forget there's a blue button there to join the community. Joining the community is, is, a, is, a, is a network peer-to-peer -peer network and it's a safe community it's not like all the noise and people trying to sell you every every minute on other social media or people saying bad things about others they don't like um, we have a safe community and and we put we're very careful about who we let let into the community and so there's other resources uh, the other podcast that we have is 31 days to becoming a better leader so when you Go to the nonprofit exchange and you click on the link it says free stuff there's a tab for that podcast as well and you can find it on on um, itunes 31 days to becoming a better leader and then once you finish the 31 days there's what's called monday momentum 
And you can get a shot in the arm by listening any, to any of those. And so hey, we invite you to join the community uh, as a dollar trial. The blue button at the top of the page takes you to where you can register for a dollar. Um, and there's lots of stuff in there. So we want you to check it out before you, and then it's just a little over a dollar a day to belong to the community with endless resources, but there's a track one step in front, front of the other step. So it's, it's you getting to where you want to go with a support system and a group of peers. And you're always in conversation with people in the online community for community builders. So after that, that nice episode, we had a friend of mine from, from Lynchburg who um, runs the Central Virginia Sports Commission. And somebody handpicked him to, to launch this. And I was impressed because recently they, they brought, um, brought a big event to, to Lynchburg. And he said it was the State Games of America came to Lynchburg, which is it's only a city of around 80,000 people plus some universities. But we had 11,000 athletes in this little city. And I was quite impressed with that but the way they, um, they enlist their volunteers and they get their board active and all of those important ways that, that are important. And then they get some funding to make sure all this happens. So in a very short period of time, they really had stepped up their game to be able to, to perform it at such a high level. Now, it's important to realize, Russ, that we, we have people from various different nonprofits, various different businesses, and it's not that they're going to teach us how to do their business or their nonprofit. You know, what does sports have to do with, with running a community foundation, for instance? Well, it's the, it's the leadership principles. It's how they take a concept. And this one went from a concept to reality in a very short period of time. And um, having capable people, having a really good plan, and then having the support around it, the financial support, only comes when you've got your team in place and you have your plan and you're moving forward very, very precisely. Any, any highlights you want to mention for this episode? Well, the one thing that I noticed in, in that conversation with Billy Russo, he, sports is a place where we can come together. Uh, and it, it's, it's something that draws people from all different backgrounds together. And that was the, the common point that he was able to actually uh, shift focus around the economic development components and the collaboration components uh, to bring those all together to serve the community on a lot of different levels. It's the one place where people, no matter what their differences, can come together. Everybody loves sports. And he, he created a marvelous uh, opportunity in the area for people to get involved and connect uh, where sports begin. And it's really important as far as serving youth, but people of all ages and backgrounds could come together. And he was able to grow that organization there and uh, get connected with some others around the country. He's doing great work there. He is, he is. And so um, I learned a lot as I do always, you know, I see this guy every week and I had no idea of all the things that he had done and was going to do um, with this Central Virginia Sports Commission. So the, the next week, 
who we brought in was a longtime uh, colleague and friend, um, Stuart Levine. And Stuart um, had, had talked to me in the past about he, he was an attorney in a, in a firm and the, 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 whoever was in charge of the firm came to him and says, well, we're not prosecuting anything. We're not taking anybody to court. He said, well, because I worked it out with them. You know, I, I worked out the problems and so we don't have to go to litigation. And I said, well, that's really important. Um, so he, he named himself the resolutionary attorney. And so what he does is he teaches people how to stay out of court. And I find that a lot of times um, we go in with good intentions, whether we're starting a business or starting a nonprofit or even one that's been going for a while. Um, <clears throat> we don't think about writing down our expectations. So one of the flaws that, that leaders, um, actually we actually facilitate conflict by leaving out things. We got in our mind clearly what we want to achieve. We fail to communicate that with other people by defining the end results. So what Stuart does is he's had this book of agreement and there's 10 essential elements to create the results you want. And so he's got that getting to resolution, turning conflict uh, into collaboration, the book of agreement, 10 essential elements to create the results you want, uh, collaboration 2.0, the change handbook, and the best lawyer you can be, a guide to physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual wellness. That's published by the American Bar Association. These are all books that he's written that are major publishers and have a, a wealth of resource. But Russell, when I've worked through the, the 10 steps in the book of agreement, um, you know, you know whether it's going to work or not by the time you've had that conversation around those 10. And number 10, of course, is agreement. You have agreement. Well, you know that because you, you've walked through the steps and you've had the conversation about things that you hadn't realized before. So um, I found that to be a really good, really good resource. What do you, what comes to your mind? Well, I love that book of agreement. I actually use that as a guide to create my own uh, because it's so powerful. Yeah. And it's written in, in plain English. Uh, you know, uh, contracts are loaded with what I call legalese. But, you know, at the end of the day, unless you've covered these 10 areas that he talks about in the book of agreements, uh, you kind of left yourself open and so by, by making sure you incorporate these principles uh, into your agreement, uh, you're going to be safe. Chances are that you're not going to disagree because you've got those principles for what you intend to do. And, you know, uh, I'm of the frame of mind that less is more. But, of course, uh, if you read anything, I, I just... I just renewed my lease and it took me over an hour to go through the thing. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, say what you mean, mean what you say. Stuart Levine was able to create a framework where you can do that so that you got the most important things covered. It's got a wealth of material and there are a lot of books, but 
the book of agreements is the one that I would pick out of the segment. Of course, leaders should read them all, but start with that one. That's the most important one, not just to read, but to actually look at applying for all of the things that you're doing uh, and looking at things to see what's missing. So uh, it's, it's the book for non-attorney people uh, to, to look and work from to put good solid agreements together. And if you can get that's great. If you can't come to an agreement, you probably save yourself a lot of aggravation. Absolutely. And that's where you want to learn. Um, the next week was, um, I was at a trade show during the time we broadcast and it was, uh, um, a networking event for the, the local nonprofits. Now, even though we're in a small city, there's like 300 nonprofits or something silly here. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> I just did a, a live stream from there and walked around and interviewed the different people. And it was interesting how people described what they did. Ask them to describe what they did and what's important about it. And it was a wide variety. And I wanted to go back and say, no, this is what you should be saying because um, it's your chance to tell people about the organization and why it's important. What, what I find more often than not is that we don't tell people why our work is important. And I think that's the question we start with, the Simon Sinek book, Start With Why, or Begin With Why. Um, it, is, it is imperative for people to understand why we're doing what we're doing. And so I, I network, I don't think there's a whole lot to lift out of that. Russell, so I think we'll just go on to the next one, unless you've got something you want to mention about that one. We're, we're doing this today because we've had some really meaningful uh, conversations, some great interviews with people, and we wanted to give you a chance to understand <clears throat> all of those and to, to know which ones to go to. If you've missed something, um, it's time to go back and, and um, pick it up. Um, we've, we've um, you know, we carefully check out people that we have on the show. However, Russell, I find that often the expectations exceed what I had in my mind because there's a whole lot of really, really useful stuff. And um, last week there were some like sound bites coming out all over us. Like you got pulled into something else, but there was just a lot of really good sound bites. So I did that one alone and I'm like, whoa, I'm gonna capture that one. Oh, I gotta capture that one. And so um, it was the, 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 the uh, executive director of Patrick Henry Family Services, which is also here, but um, he's been a serious student of leadership and he had lots of really, really good things to say. Uh, so you wanna highlight anything with, um, with the, uh, the networking or shall we go on? Well, and yeah, we can move forward. I just think it's important to network and networking done well uh, will serve you. Yeah. So it's really, you know, if you're, if you're not clear or you don't have, um, language that re resonates with people about what you're doing. Uh, and that's not to say that you need to be scripted or need to have something fancy to say, but to let your passion come through, let your passion come through because you wouldn't be doing all of this work that you're doing if you weren't passionate about it. Uh, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of challenges. 
sometimes the problem looks bigger than the organization, but you continue to do that. So carry on. I'm very appreciated and humbled by the work that nonprofit leaders everywhere are doing in this country. Well, and, and another one that was pleasing, I knew, I knew this, this guy had a lot on the ball um, because I heard him present at a, a couple of times. And the second time I said, well, let, why don't we interview you on the show? And he manages land conservancy. And actually what he did is, is to um, merge two different land conservancies, the one that's up here around Lynchburg and then the one that's down around Roanoke, Virginia. And um, so uh, both Lynchburg and Roanoke were built around the railroads uh, mm. way back when that was the, the way you got around the country. And, 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 but they are both surrounded. You know, we have the Blue Ridge Parkway and the Appalachian Trail um, going, going to the east of us, both cities, pretty close to both cities. And there's a lot of rural, rural land. And part of their dedication is to capture that land so it doesn't go into commercial use so the generations after us um, can use it. But he's managing two boards of directors and then a board that oversees the two of them together. So it was about mergers, which brings uh, sometimes about a clash in culture and a confusion with, uh, to the funders as to, you know, what, what are we really funding and what is it, what is it we're doing here? So they, they, they struck up a commonality with how they wanted to, to run the two organizations and, um, um, and, and, Perry was his name. Um, I'm trying to remember his name, David Perry. David Perry, yeah. Yeah. I, what? 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 You want to lift up? A, a, that was another really good interview with a lot of uh, really good wisdom that would apply not to everybody's situation, but it would apply to people in unique situations. So it was unique enough. I thought we ought to make a show out of out of this. Well, you know, talking about stewardship and our environment is, is work that a lot of nonprofits out there are doing. And conservancy means different things to different people. Uh, you know, everything from planting trees to hunting, as it were, is considered conservancy on some level. So you don't always have agreement. And, and what struck me with this young man was that you know, the opportunity uh, to create this merger between these two uh, very different organizations and to navigate that, it just sort of landed in his lap and uh, he navigated it very well. It was very challenging, but they've managed to come together. They've got a lot of volunteers and they've been able to uh, create a synergy within that organization so that it runs smoothly across the board and, and everybody's goals are met. And uh, so they've been growing slowly, keeping the, keeping the lights on, growing slowly and putting more land in the man management there. I'd be interested to see how much more they've, they've put in since we spoke. I think that was November, December. Maybe not a lot over the holidays, but they're uh, they're doing good work, and I think more and more people are finding out about them. Hopefully, through this broadcast, they found out more 
And uh, one thing that's important to note is that these conservancy organizations are not peculiar to Lynchburg, they're everywhere. So if you go Google conservancy, you can find organizations that are like David's that are doing work in your area to preserve uh, natural lands, to preserve lands in, in your area and, and preserve that heritage and protect the planet at the same time. There, he talked about agreements and how important it was in their work. And because um, you have to really be clear when you're taking on a piece of property because there's a liability with that asset. But um, they got one asset that's 11,000 acres, but they manage, uh, uh, they have 22,000 total under management. And I didn't know, but he said before, but he said an acre is equal to the size of a football field. So that's like 22,000 football fields. And, and so having, having a clear pathway to sustainability, because it, it's something you're taking on forever, and having, having the agreements with the people that want to dedicate this or want to donate it to, uh, to a forever uh, protected status, and the other thing I thought was, was really interesting was we're talking about big land. That, that one's 11,000 and there's smaller ones that they get. But out West, he said, that's a small parcel. They do <laughs> huge. But if you go up in New York, you might be a block, a city yeah. block or something smaller or just a, a little patch of land in, in the middle of, 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 of the city. So, and it might cost, a whole lot of money to maintain that. It might be worth a whole lot of money. Mm. So there were there was no particular single standard for all these conservancies. It varied a lot with uh, the price of the land and the size of the land and, and what it was gonna be used for. And, and, and so bringing in some really good corporate leadership skills into running this organization, I, I found this to be uh, a very interesting interview with lots of surprise lessons there were lots there and and uh you know there's so much that goes into it uh, and if you have an interest in in preserving heritage and then how lands are used to the environment uh checking out the work of your local conservancy be very important the um <clears throat> the the next um episode and I'll hold it up on the screen and people on the podcast can't see it, but our, our recent edition of Nonprofit Performance 360 magazine, it has Julie Kotno on the cover, uh, a branding specialist. So that, that magazine, which you can read on in the community uh, on a flip file. And if you join the community, you get your print copy mailed to you at home. Julie worked for Virgin and was a primary brander. And I first met Julie when she published her book, Twist, several years ago. And uh, I interviewed her for my business podcast, Orchestrating Success. And she sent me the book and I was proud. I had read the book and had really good questions. And I found, Russell, the word twist is on every page of that book. <laughs> and there's this whole pattern of the color, but this it's putting a twist on your brand. Um, but I asked her in the middle of the show, I said, well, her publicist had contacted me about the interview because they were publicizing the book. And she said, Oh, I found you because of your branding. And it's the, the leader that teaches the conductor that teaches leadership. 
she said that stands out amongst all the thousands of people. So as a person that knows nothing about branding, I thought that was pretty cool in, in the middle of the interview. But her, her interview is, is about um, put, a, put a twist on your brand, but it's about the three branding mistakes your nonprofit needs to stop making now. Now, I'm not in favor um, of telling people all the answers. I want you to go and read the transcript, listen to the, to the podcast. But some of the things that, that, that we said we were going to teach you is how to go beyond the me too marketing. You know, we're not going to, we want to copy what other people do. Um, but that's not, that's not authentic to who we are as our brand. And so we want to make sure the touch points are clear and we, we want to build loyal brand ambassadors, both in our communities we serve and with our leaders in our board and our staff, because we can, any one person in the company can commit brand slaughter as our, our friend David Corbin teaches and he has a book brand slaughter out. Um, and so we give people some tangible ideas in this interview and there's a link to her website and she will offer you a free um, brand um, review to tell you what our brand assessment. Um, anything else you want to highlight? I found that to be very refreshing. Oh, that, that brand health check that she offered was really great. Um, and that's, that was something I, that really stood out in my mind. And as far as kind of crafting a message as you're putting your brand together, the one thought that really kind of jumps out at me that stuck with me is that you should look outside of your, your industry or, you, you know, where are you parked? What, you know, what type of industry are you in? Look for inspiration in places that are completely unlike your own. You can find inspiration in other places. This was one of the key ways to add what she called the twist and get away from being one of those me too type brands. So you definitely want to take a look at this book. Uh, it's available on Amazon. That's one of our books leaders should read. Because the brand is the promise. It's, it's who you are and how people see you. And I've heard it said that if you don't create, uh, work at, at creating a brand and, and people will do that for you. <laughs> and it may not uh, be what you really stand for. So it's important to work on that. The book is Twist, How Fresh Perspectives Build Breakthrough Brands. I just look at the clock. So I'm going to move us on because <clears throat> I've been talking too much. Let's skip. <clears throat> I'm working the spotlight on our, our community uh, during this interview. So uh, we, we had another brander who's a local uh, guy from Lynchburg, Joanza Hall, who brings uh, another whole thought process to branding and why branding is important. I wanted to have these two. I met Joanza in, our, in our, our work and invited him to be on the board of directors of uh, Lynchburg Symphony. Um, his company is called Blackwater Branding, and he has a whole team of experts, and he's rebranded some of our sports teams and some of the – he works nationally with some, some important brands out of, our, out of our little city here. But I wanted to have um, another aspect. I think that, that, that people create a logo. I see nonprofits create a logo, and they think they have a brand because they have this pretty little thing that they put on everything, which is – that's a, a representation of your brand, but your brand is a whole lot more. 
so Juanza talks about that here. You know, what does it what does it take to 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 build your brand? Um, and I, I thought that was, and I'm not sure if you were on the interview or not, Russell, but it was a really nice interview. Well, you know, the thing that he talked about was what we're doing. We're in the relationship business, so we're having conversations with people, and who are we conversing with? I, I think a lot of his work drives toward understanding who we're conversing with and, and being conversational and talking to those people we need to reach. Uh, and and that's, that was really the thing that stood out with, with him that I recall is just, you know, how, how do we, who do we talk to and being very strategic about that. So those were two things that really jumped out at that interview. Very bright, very energetic. Um, and he gave us some ways to connect with him. So you'll want to go in there and look at that. Two very, uh, very different in their own way sort of perspectives. But if you're looking to find that footing on that brand, and I, you know, that, that networking event is a perfect example of uh, what can happen if folks don't, uh, don't have their brand dialed in. The folks that you talk to that really had their, their brand dialed in uh, were able to tell you what they did, why their work was important. Uh, and now it doesn't mean that other people don't know why their work is important, but how do they articulate it who they're talking to and how can they make it just a little bit different so that it sticks with the people they're talking to. And next we had, um, that's, those are really good. You have really good memory of these. I'm glad you're here with me um, for many reasons, but that's helpful. Jay Frost, this, I met this guy on LinkedIn and he said, Hey, I want to talk to you. And so I started looking, sometimes people want to sell you stuff, but he, um, he had a very genuine interest in talking to, to me about what things that we do. He's been a TEDx speaker. He's a funding guy. He's, um, he's, he's been recognized as one of America's top 10 fundraising experts by philanthropy media, one of the top eight fundraising influencers by Elevation Media, one of the top 13 excellent fundraising consultants by Double the Donation, which is a service that people ought to know about and one of the top 100 charity influencers by Onalatica. And so uh, he worked inside some of the, some of the um, funding foundations and in the government to fund different, especially the arts, different initiatives. So he's, he's, and now he works on the other side, applying to those organizations for, for funding. And he's, he's really got a, a really good niche in the world of philanthropy. And he, and he really likes doing it. And he's a, a wealth of information. And what stood out to me is people come to him that aren't funding, they're not ready for funding. Uh, so there's lots of, there's a checklist of how do we be ready so that so people don't, don't say, oh, I can't fund them because they don't have this or they don't have that. And so there's, there's, there's a number of things that he, he checks off and says, okay, if you've got these in place, then I can help you secure funding. So those are good things to have in place anyway. And, and so it, if we want to fund our organization, not everybody's interested in funding, but I think only 99% of the charities want to look at expanding their fund, funding so that this would only apply to 
9%. So what thoughts do you have about Jay Frost? He was, um, he was quite remarkable. It was, it was, it was fun talking with him and having that, that joint perspective where it's actually uh, working at making sure that people had resources and then to go out and seek resources. It's a really balanced view. Uh, I sat on some grant panels for HHS for two or three years in DC for different community development programs. And that sort of helped really shape my experience. Uh, he did that for quite a bit longer uh, and more consistently, though. He was looking at major gifts and other things. So it's important to have that perspective from both sides to know what to put together. This is a very good podcast to watch if you're a foundation executive, a board member, and you're trying to think about what are some of the things that I want to see in good projects or you're in a nonprofit or foundation looking for money, uh, there's that balanced view. This is a good interview to look at because he has both perspectives and you can find out how to reach out to him. So uh, I really enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, finding your supporters, a lot of them use very similar language. You had brought us the next guest. I believe you met her somewhere in Denver area. She had moved there after a life tragedy and was kind of starting over, but she's founded this. Um, actually, no, she's in Las Vegas. It came from Mark Smith that referred her. Yeah. Um, quite remarkable lady had turned her life around and started this, this animal rescue um, nonprofit. But, but her, her title was um, making your organization attractive for cause marketing collaborations. And a lot of companies are very, very conscious of the triple bottom line, people, planet, and profits. So we want to take care of our planet, but we want to, want to value people. And, and so it's, it's important to be able to think about how do we build this bridge with corporations so that they understand that supporting uh, the nonprofit world is good for business, not only good for the world, but it's good for their business. Um, and so I, I, that was a very nice interview with a, a young, vivacious, um, energized and passionate leader. You know, Ed, Ed, we talked a lot about corporate social responsibility programs and, uh, but we don't always have access immediately, especially if we're a small nonprofit and a small business. We don't have the resources at all times to get the things done that we want to get done. But small businesses and small nonprofits can combine and collaborate. And these are the things that she was talking about doing. And she, she had an animal rescue that she was really interested in. But she talked about how she crafted that with some of the smaller businesses. And her work has been around bringing smaller businesses and smaller nonprofits together and pointing out the benefits. She's another one of our authors on those books that nonprofit leaders uh, should read. It's called Do Better by Doing Good. And uh, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, that's available, Do Good to Do Better.
is the name of the book. It's a great book. And it's talking about how small business leaders can leverage what resources they have to connect with small nonprofits to make bigger impact together. And yeah, the, some of the bigger corporations with deep pockets recognize that bottom line. But people want to be involved with businesses that care about the community. They want to know that the people they're doing business with care. So this is as important for small businesses, bottom line, as it is for large businesses, bottom line. And she really was able to drive that point home. I hope you're, as you're listening to this, you're getting an idea that, that each one of these episodes is a jewel in itself. And I find that to get myself out of the, the hole that I put myself in or the vacuum that I seem to operate in, listening to episodes like this from other podcasters helps elevate me, helps inspire me and helps me think about, oh, I never thought about that. So getting, getting out of the, the mundane into the exceptional is where I find the external influence helps me a lot. The next one, when you listen to this, Bishop Ebony Kirkland, you, you better put on a seatbelt. She was one of our most <laughs> energized uh, people that we've interviewed. And I, I got to tell you, Russell, I've been with her many times, and she's always like that. <laughs> you got to get lots of rest or maybe take some Geritol or something to keep up with her, because I'll tell you, <laughs> she was... Uh, she was remarkable. The energy, the energy and the passion uh, as a person of faith, for starters, were phenomenal. But the work that she's been able to do through that association, she's not only working with faith-based communities, but small nonprofits. She's working with government entities, bringing community resources together. And she emphasized the power of community and the need for all of the different sectors, business, government, nonprofit, and the faith-based community to come together. And that there are unique assets that each one has that they can bring to the table. Faith-based communities as well have these, these remarkable skills and insights that they can bring to the process that will make all of these entities as a group together more effective at solving problems in their community. And it's important for everybody to get to the table. Yes, and she is the founder of the Worldwide Association of Small Churches with 3,500 small churches. They're all over the world. And, um, and um, she comes from a business background and um, she also is the, I don't know what she is, but the president of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. She's in the Bronx, New York. Um, so she's, she speaks with the wisdom from many, many, many different fields. So, um, and then after that was somebody, I just, I, I don't know how she found this, but we got connected somehow. Um, and, and this was uh, Amy Eisenstein. Wow, another another um, expert in funding, and she has this capital campaign toolkit. So she was speaking about annual annual campaigns and and major capital campaigns to raise major gifts. This is large amounts of fundraising, and I've been part of churches and organizations where they've done a a major campaign 
um, and it's all hands on deck and everybody shoots to a common goal and there's a, a real energy around that. But she speaks very eloquently about, you know, what you need to do. And she offered a, there's, there's some free resources on the capital campaign toolkit dot com her website there and then of course her website is amy eisenstein but um that one i noticed hadn't been transcribed yet but we'll have it up soon that's just one of our most recent ones but i i left that interview going wow that was that was pretty amazing what do you think russ we're going oh, after this when i found out that she heard about cinevision i was very excited because this young lady uh is the go-to person on capital campaigns and I was just uh, unable to attend, but she provides all sorts of free education uh, where she talks uh, in great detail about capital campaigns and, and uh, major gifts and, and doing this, not just doing it, but doing it right. Uh, and how important it is to tap into the desires that people have to leave a legacy. Uh, and to and to fit yourself to a place where you can be that vehicle for people of purpose to leave a legacy behind to continue good work. Why shouldn't they continue with your work? And so that looking at this toolkit and, and subscribing to her YouTube channel, it's very valuable. And uh, subscribing to this channel and this network is very valuable too because we introduced, uh, Hugh had never heard of her and I knew who she was, but we meet people in our travels and we find that we just, we are finding remarkable people in business industry, uh, nonprofit world who are doing phenomenal work and who have great tools to take you to the next level. And so being here is a place where you'll, you'll be connected with all those tools, all of the great people and with our team here to help you take your organization to the next level. So if you haven't joined the community, uh, make sure you click that blue button and join up because this, there are so many resources that are there, more that are coming, more great interviews in 2020. And we're very excited with what's coming up. And then most recently, our last interview was um, maxing out the mission with um, Robert Day, who's the CEO and executive director of uh, Patrick Henry uh, Family Services. And he came out of a childhood where he was born of a single mother and he came out of poverty. Uh, so he survived poverty, neglect, abuse, and it's how he um, turned his life around, but he also now is a support for, for, for young people who are, are suffering from these very same problems he has had as a, as a child. So he was able to um, lift himself up and get into a new place. But I, I, I very much enjoyed this interview uh, because Robert has been a very serious student of leadership over the years. And he just dropped pearls of wisdom throughout this whole interview. So I'm um, real anxious to get this transcription up and to get get my eyeballs on some of those things that he that he said. He's got two books out: "Worst of Mothers, Best of Moms," and "Desperately Healed: My Journey to Wholeness." I, I, he 
he um, showed one of the top leadership traits I appreciate when leaders are very transparent, very vulnerable, um, and they don't try to hide things. Just this is who I am. And so um, I, I was refreshed and inspired by that interview. Um, and, and so that's, that's the, um, wow, Russell, we've spent some effort getting people and getting it transcribed and getting it up on the media. And we don't do it because it's um, just a, something that keeps us busy. We do it because it's meaningful. And going back and looking at it again, I find that, wow, there's a whole lot more stuff there. And so I think we, we got to commit to doing this three times a year, lifting up what the episodes were and highlighting for people. I know I get busy and sometimes in podcasts, people will mention, oh, go to this episode or go to that episode. I'm sorry, I can't remember to refer people to particular ones and we don't number these. We've been doing this uh, for over five years. The magazine nonprofit Performance 360 has been published over five years. We've been doing live events, the symposium for five years. We've impacted thousands of nonprofits all over the country. And we're in the new phase of growth this year. So we're interested in getting more people into our online community where we can have conversations, peer-to-peer -peer conversations on things that are a passion for us and impact people's lives. So I wanna invite you to try out the community. If you go to thenonprofitexchange.org, it'll take you to the page for this show, but then click on that join button and just check out the stuff that you get in the community. It's your next step to where you want to be, one step at a time. So start off with us, take an easy start for a dollar and find out how valuable it is. And then you can be on the journey with us. And we talk every week. Russ, what are your thoughts you want to leave people with today? This, is, this has been important for me. I love it. Well, you know, 2020, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. I had to miss a few weeks. I'm started embarking on some new things and have run into some new opportunities. And so in some senses, I've gotten a, a little bit of a fresh start and uh, it's really done wonders for my perspective. I've uh, been doing training uh, for my new uh, partners. And, and so there are lots of people out here in the business community who are excited about doing good work. 2020 is the year of vision and the year of clarity. And we want to give you the tools, uh, provide some of the tools, and create a space where we can come together and share ideas. Because as my friend Hugh always says, none of us is as smart as all of us. Thank you for being on the Nonprofit Exchange. And we'd like to see you online. Remember, go to the Nonprofit Exchange. Org. Look around there and then click on the join button and see what it takes to be part of our community. You'll be glad you did. Thanks for being here and we'll see you next week on the Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.